bless God and just to reassure and get everybody very well clear, we are not gathering illegally. I checked the postcode checker up to yesterday. Our postcode is free for communal worship, even though we are in tier four. So for the records, we are allowed to gather and that's why we are here. We are not lawbreakers at all. If we are reverted to the lockdown, that is absolute no movement, which we had before, I believe, August, last July last year, then we can. And of course, we will follow that. But as much, and then we also, it's an option for you. If you don't want to come into the physical building, please remain online. Nobody's mandated to come in here, except those who are key. Uh, workers and uh, would need to come. But we encourage you to come if you can come, for it is good to gather with your brethren. And so just for the records, um, I want that to be uh, very well established. And if somebody can put that in the chat group that it has been reinforced again, uh, I would appreciate that. We want to thank God for what he's been doing with us. And uh, I want to thank God that we, in this, our covenant season of supernatural overflow, God is beginning to deal with us on some very, very important things. And um, God wants to help us as a people to move into supernatural overflow. So we started this series, five-part series of entering supernatural overflow last week. And one of the things we did with it was that we looked at the key of thanksgiving, supernatural overflow Entries for natural overflow, we looked at thanksgiving. And today, we are looking at praise. We are looking at praise. It's a five-part series. We'll look at worship, testimonies, and prayer in the weeks to come. Praise is very key. And um, when, what we started with last week, I would say, is the most basic form, the most basic of these tools. I see all these tools. I see all these things as tools in the hand of God. They are ways God has given to mankind to be able to enter this realm of supernatural overflow. And so we must understand that we need to use them. If you have a, a, a vehicle or you have an equipment with you and uh, it's broken down or it needs to function, you need to know the tools to use to make it work the way it ought to work. It's God's provision that we, fall, we enter into supernatural overflow. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 is our key scripture. We use it, we've been using it a lot in the course of uh, this last few weeks. And we say it is really our underpinning uh, a verse for this season of supernatural overflow. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 8, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you, always having a sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. This is what supernatural overflow is. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you and I so that we have a sufficiency in all things. There is a need for us to have a sufficiency in all things in order to be able to abound unto every good work. But it happens on the platform and the altar of grace. So praise is one of those spiritual weapons that God has put in place which he has given for us to overcome the enemy and for us to enjoy supernatural overflow. Praise is one of those tools, is one of those things that God has given to us so that we can enjoy supernatural overflow. And we need to know how to use it effectively. The truth is that we are in a warfare. The Christian life is a life of a warfare. 
Many times Paul will say that we are wrestling, but he will quickly qualify that it's not against flesh and blood, but against what principalities and powers, rulers of darkness. Don't think that we are ever left alone till we see Jesus. The one Jesus said has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Has, an, has a whole army of principalities, powers. He has a whole army of rulers of darkness that just want to unleash darkness on the earth and gross darkness on the people. This is why we are seeing these things in the form of the pandemic and the so many things. He has used many things in time past. He has used economic hardships. He has used fires. Do you know that suddenly fires that have been ravaging our world didn't look like a problem? Do you know that many nations have been consumed? Many communities in the last three years have been consumed in Australia, in Canada, by fires, wildfires. Do you know that many, many, many cities in our country were subsumed, subsumed by flooding just two weeks ago? Those things now look so insignificant. But he has not stopped. He's doing the same thing over and over because every opportunity to steal, to kill, and to destroy is what he's deploying. And this pandemic is one that has come to cover everything else. But God will continue to deliver us from his stronghold in the name of Jesus. So we must understand that, now those are the extremes. In our personal lives, we have challenges from time to time that the enemy comes to use to try to make us limited, to make it difficult for us to be able to address and be the light that God wants us to be. To address the issues we need to address and be the light that God wants us to be. So praise is one of those spiritual weapons. Second Corinthians chapter 10 also is a, is a key verse that we need to, to, to remind ourselves. This is from verse 3 and verse 4. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We are walking in the flesh. You are looking at me, I'm looking at you like this. But we must understand that our weapons are not carnal. Verse 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. They are not carnal. They are not fleshly. They are not physical. The weapons of this warfare, this spiritual warfare we're talking about, are not spiritual. And one of those who are not carnal, but spiritual, one of those weapons is praise. Praise. Every time you look into the Bible, you will find many words that describe praise because this is one of the most important things to God. God created man to praise him. Part of what God did in creating man is to praise him. But praise is basically an expression of adoration or approval. Is basically an expression of adoration or approval. This is why we can praise men if we want to. If somebody has done something very well, we say that we heap praises on them, which is not bad in itself as long as it is just an appreciation of what they've done and an approval of what they've done. Because in the sense of it, the word praise just simply means that we approve somebody. It means that we validate them, we commend them. But we must understand that we praise the Lord because he is worthy of all adoration and approval. We praise him because he is in a class all by himself. The praise we give to God must not be paralleled by the praise we give to any human being or anything whatsoever. We can be praiseful of systems. I am somebody who has always, I mean, there's nothing perfect about human beings. I've always said this, but I, I praise the British style of government. It's one of the most robust in the world, one of the most established, one of the, one of the most historically proven systems that still exist in the world today, that if only many other people can learn from, they will find that there is a lot of wisdom 
I've been in this country 20 years. I've never seen a change of government that caused any problem. In fact, at times, you go to bed. By the time you are waking up, the government has changed. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> no stories. That's solid. I mean, we should, we should appreciate good things. We should appreciate good things. Hallelujah. So we need to understand there can be things done and we can see good things and appreciate them. But when we come to God, we must see beyond this physical and look to the supernatural. This is where I am saying to you that we are going into things that are tools that now need us to engage some more with God. Thanksgiving is very good. You just need to think. Remember what God has done and be thankful. You, were, you, you, you went to bed yesterday. You woke up this morning. It's very simple. It's not rocket science. Just say, Lord, thank you for, for being alive today. And thank you for waking me up. Thank you for giving me good sleep. It's very simple. Unless you just don't want to do it. But you see, praise is a little bit more than that. While thanksgiving is a form of praise, there are many other things that make up praise that need you to engage better and more spiritually with God. Psalm 117, verse 1. The Bible says, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Basically, it's saying all you nations. If you read it in other translations, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Lord him, all you peoples. Praise him, all you peoples. Verse 2, why? For he is merciful. These are the elements and the attributes of God that begin to distinguish him from mortal men. He is merciful, for his merciful kindness is great towards us. And the truth of the Lord endures not just for a lifetime, not just for as long as you are alive, but it endures forever. I had a grandfather who went to be with the Lord in the year 1995, the year I got married. He missed my wedding by just a few months, and it really, really pained me. Because I would, have been, I would have been very honored to have such a man in my wedding. But I want to thank God for his life. He served God all his youthful days in his 40s right up to the time he was 100 and something. We don't know his age when he died, but we believe he was 110, thereabout. <laughs> Hallelujah. My, my late grandfather and my late grandfather-in-law, uh, uh, um, um, as it were, that is my wife's grandfather, used to argue who was the oldest. They don't know their ages before they died. So they will be talking, when we, were, when we first met them, we, they will be talking about when they remembered what happened in the early 1900s. That's one, one will say to the other that you were so young, I remember they used to carry you. <laughs> that one would say, no, you were the one that was being carried. I say, okay, the two of you were being carried. <laughs> Let us move on. <laughs> because they will argue for almost one hour on who was carried, who saw the other person being carried. <laughs> that is what happens when you grow so old, you don't even... <laughs> But they were, they were God-fearing people and we are grateful to God for their lives. Now, but his generation, the faithfulness of God endured. His generation saw the truth of God. My father is 86 years old. His generation is seeing also the goodness of God. This God hasn't changed. Till these men exit the scene and we exit the scene, Jesus starting to come. The truth of this God will continue to endure forever. This is why he is worthy of praise. So the word praise includes many things. It includes blessing. It includes commendation. It includes giving of thanks, like we studied last week. As I said, giving of thanks is a form of praise as well. It includes honoring. That's why you will see scriptures like honor the Lord with your substance. Honor the Lord. We praise him by honoring him. We praise him by celebrating him. 
We celebrate him. We just celebrate him for who he is. This is why when we have events like Celebrate the King, we're not just trying to do something for Christmas. It is part of our commitment to celebrate God. It is part of our commitment to celebrate this, his only begotten son, who is also God. So we celebrate him and we rejoice. We rejoice. Every time we rejoice, that's why Paul will say things like, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, he will say things like, rejoice forevermore. Rejoice always. Again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice always. Again, I say, rejoice. Because every time you rejoice, what you are doing is you are praising God Almighty. So we praise the Lord for three things. Three things about him. And you must remember this. Because every time you are doing some form of praise, you are doing either one or the three, or two or the three at the same time. You are doing either one or two or three at the same time. Somebody say with me, we praise the Lord for his traits. Say we praise the Lord for his traits. Traits is T-R-A-I-T-S, not treats now. We praise the Lord for his traits. And then we praise the Lord for his works. Somebody say we praise the Lord for his works. And then we praise the Lord for his character. Say, we praise the Lord for his character. So his traits, his works, his character. They're very close. They're very close. And why I'm breaking it down like this is so that you can understand. You see, I've been in, in, in church life, like I always tell you, virtually all my life. And I've seen something. Many times people will say, now let us stand to praise God. Now it's okay. It's correct. But you see... Praise is really much more about a lifestyle. We only have what I call focused praise in between our lifestyle of praise. We have targeted praise when we say, let us sing a particular song to praise God. Or let us read some certain psalms or certain verses to praise God. That is what I would call targeted praise. But the, 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 the action of praise itself, praising God for his traits, his works, his character, is a lifetime affair. It's something we do out of our breath. Hallelujah. It's something we do out of our breath. So we talk about traits. His traits are his distinguishing qualities. Those things that make him God. He is eternal. He is immortal. He is invisible. Those things are the attributes that you cannot find with mortal men. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is everywhere that he chooses to be. So those are the things that no man can replicate. Those are the traits of God that are irreplaceable and unmatchable. That is why we call him unchanging, unstoppable. And we sang it in that song just recently. And then his works, like we know, these are his doings, his manifestations, the things we have seen, the things we have heard, the things he's doing now, and the things we know he's able to do. That is fine. We praise him for those as well. And then obviously, as I said, we praise him for his character. This is his nature. It looks like traits, but it's more about his nature, his disposition, how he chooses to do things. How he chooses to express. When you see somebody and they say he, the man is a quiet person. They say he's, he's, he's a, his character is that of a quiet person. That is how he chooses, how he is blessed in manifesting. We know that God's character is that of integrity. He cannot lie. 
He cannot lie. He cannot die. He cannot change. God can change things, but he cannot change. That's why we call him the unchanging changer. Why do you need to know God like this? So that you know how to praise this God who is in a class all by himself. Praise is commanded because we have breath in us. Psalm 150 verse 6. He says, so let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord and praise the Lord. If you have breath in you, you and I must understand that it is our duty. This is because our breath represents our existence. It represents the sign of life. Only God gives breath. The moment breath is taken away, life is lost. This is why when a person is taken into ICU, hit by a, a disease like COVID, COVID is not looking for somebody's leg or hand. It's not looking for somebody's hair to fall off. It just wants to take the breath away. That is why they put the person under a ventilator and make sure that the breath continues. The breath continues. Because that's what keeps the person alive. The moment that stops, they, 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 that's it, life gone. So the whole sum total of life is in the ability. This whole sum total of life is in the blood. The Bible tells us but it, the, the, the ability to keep alive is in the breath that is given by the Almighty. This is why every time you breathe in, everybody breathe in and breathe out. Say, thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. Only the living can do that. That's why the psalmist says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He knows, David knew that definitely God, God a man is, 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 is the one that God breathed into as we see in the book of Genesis. He knows that. But David felt, look, this breath, because I've seen many other animals. You know, David was a shepherd. He saw so many other animals that this, the moment you take away this breath, they're, they're carcass again. They're gone. There's no, no, no hope, nothing again. That's it. And God can put breath in anything. When Jesus was entering Jerusalem and his disciples were shouting, Hosanna to the king who comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees said, tell them to shut up. He said, you don't understand. I have to be praised because of what is going to happen. I have to be praised. I'm paraphrasing now. He said, I have to be praised to the point whereby if this one should keep quiet, what will happen? The stones will cry out because praise must proceed what I'm going to do in Jerusalem. I have to be praised. There can't be a stopping of this praise. You can shut people's mouth down. You can try to do everything you can. But if you do it, the stones will cry out because there is a force in praise that must go ahead of what I'm about to go and do for mankind. Our breath represents our existence. It came from God. And above all things, we must never forget to God it shall return. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. After God formed man, the Bible tells us, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the what? The breath of life and man became. Somebody say man became. A living being. The breath of life breathed into the nostrils of man is what made man turn into a living being. Not the dust that was formed. That is why the day the owner of the bread collects it, you will look inside that casket and you will see that dust again, lifeless. 
This is why as long as that breath is there by the one who gave it, you must continue to give him praise. <laughs> you owe him because it is his own. <laughs> I don't borrow people's clothes. But I know that if you borrow somebody's clothes and you go out, you'll be very careful that it doesn't tear. <laughs> I don't borrow those such things, but I know people who borrow to go to parties. When they're in the party, they walk like robots because <laughs> nothing must happen. No, no stain, nothing, because it's not their own. <laughs> that is how we must see our breath. It's borrowed. It's borrowed. So, and we are commanded. As long as we are in this world and we have this breath, we are commanded to access his courts with praise. We read Psalm 100 as well. We read it last week. We'll read it again because it talks about both thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 100 verse 4. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. In the course of the week, Pastor Moses made a good emphasis again on the word gates. Gates. Gates, the many access, the many graces, the many things. The Bible says God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So there are many gates that you can access these graces. But you see, when you come into the gates, it's good. But you do that with thanksgiving. But you see, you press on further with praise. Elements of that activity that may not necessarily be thanksgiving anymore, but just a complete validation of this God who is almighty. The sum total of his traits, his works, his character are in his names. Every name of God carries one of those things. Call him El Shaddai, the almighty God. He represents himself as that one who has only that trait. Because there are many mighty men, but he is the only almighty God. When you call him Jehovah Jireh, he represents his, both his character and his doings. He is the only God. He said, I am the God that heals you. When you see medical science or herbal medicine or any kind of therapy whatsoever do anything, they have no power in themselves to do anything. Ultimately, it is God that heals. It is God that gives the wisdom. It is God that makes the herbs work. Hallelujah. So we must understand that when we call his name Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Sidkenu, the God our righteousness. When we call him Jehovah Saboath, the Lord, the man of war. What we are doing is that we are evoking all his traits, all his character, all his works. We are celebrating those things. We are commending those things and we are giving him all the glory that is due to him. And what you are expecting is for his manifestation. Hallelujah. He said, when you come into his courts, come with praise. Be thankful to him. Why? Verse 5, Psalm 105. He said, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth, again, you can see, endures to all generations. This is a privilege that is given to those who have our salvation in Christ. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, tells us what Jesus did. That gives us this access to come into his court. And I want you to follow here. Because you see, when we talk about ministry of reconciliation and how we are saved to be saving others, we need to see how it all fits into why we need to keep praising God. Let's read verse 12. Hebrews 13, 12. Let's go together now. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered where? Outside where? 
He suffered outside the gate. Don't forget the gates. Don't forget the, the courts. This is where God is. But he suffered outside because where the sin is, where the, the sinners are, where those that need redemption are, are outside the gates. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He suffered outside so that he can sanctify the people. The people who have already got saved, who have been sanctified, can come in with thanksgiving. They can approach the courts with praise. They can come boldly before the throne of grace. They can always obtain mercy. They can always find grace to help them in time of need. You and I can. But Jesus did not stay in there to sanctify us like the priests before him were doing. He went outside the gates to where the sinners are. That is where he found you and I. But look at what he now said we should do. Verse 13. Verse 13. The Bible says, Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp also, bearing his reproach. So when we come with thanksgiving and we come to his courts with praise, he empowers us and he does many things for us. And then the Bible says, now we also go out again. You can see where the ministry of reconciliation comes in now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we always read from verse 21 thereabouts. And he says that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation as new man who are now in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So that our praise is not just about us coming into God's presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And we praise and praise and praise. And we don't understand that it is to empower us to go out also bearing his reproach in the same place he met us. To go out and meet those ones there also. Verse 14. Verse 14. The Bible says, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Verse 15. Verse 15. Let's read verse 15 together. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We cannot successfully bear his reproach outside the camp and in the world today. We cannot be effective light bearers in the world today if we are not a people of praise. We go into his courts with praise and then we come out only to be able to bear his reproach and cause his light to be seen the same way we have seen it. This is what the so-called increase of the earth is all about. Many of us as believers have known these scriptures, Psalm 67 verse 5, which we'll read now. Say, let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. Verse 6 says, then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. What does he want to bless us for? What increase of the earth are we expecting? Is it just to heap it on ourselves and just keep having more? Then we go, we go into praise again. We come out and then the earth is yielding increase for us. No, it's not to yield any increase for us to just have increase for the sake of it. It's for the sake of having all sufficiency so that at all times we will be able to abound unto every good work. Hallelujah. The verse 7 says, God, shall bless us, and the ends of the earth shall fear him. As we read in the, in the story of Jehoshaphat just now, there is a way God wants to take your life and promote your life, advance your life, that you must understand that is his intention. It is to help you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. And may God take you to that level. 
May God take me to that level. May God continue to take us to that level in the name of Jesus. Because it's in realms. Wherever you have reached today, you go back, you live a lifestyle of praise, you come out again. The earth yields her increase for you. A life, the life of the influence by the grace of God I had in, in doing things as a, as a 23-year-old, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, starting out in ministry those days, doing youth groups and things. The influence I had at that level, thank God for it. But there was a level that the earth yielded for me. Fast forward 10 years after, when I became 33, I was at another level. At that time, I had moved to this country. I was at, a, at another level. And it goes on like that. The art continues to yield more increase for you. Gives you more ability. As you are praising God, you are praising God. You are able to do more. You are able to do more. You are able to help more. You are able to bring more people who are outside that camp into the saving knowledge so that they can come with you to live a life of praise. And then the army increases. So that we, we understand. Let the people praise you, O God. Verse 5. Let the people praise you. And then the earth shall yield her increase. The earth shall yield her increase. Verse 6. Let the people praise you. The earth shall yield her increase. Why does it yield increase? It yields increase for you and I to empower us the more. When we have these understandings, there is a difference in how we see the place of praise. There is a difference with how we see what God has blessed us with. You have to keep stretching yourself in praise. And you have heard right from the beginning of this today, it's not just about singing songs. It's a lifestyle of always giving God the glory, giving him all the adoration. It's a lifestyle of always acknowledging him for his traits, acknowledging him for his works, and acknowledging him for his character. This is basically how Jehoshaphat and his people experienced supernatural victory and overflow in their very great time of need. Pastor Cephas led us earlier, those of you who are watching online or who might have come later on, he read for us 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We read it from verse 14 to verse 30, but I'm going to just give us a little bit of a context. Jehoshaphat was a God-fearing king, and a time came when the people from certain tribes, the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people around them called the people of Seir or Mount Seir. They decided to gang up against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was, was afraid. The truth is, the Bible says, and Jehoshaphat feared. When you get home, read 2 Chronicles 20 from verse 1 to 13. We didn't read that part today just to save time. We started from verse 14. But to get the context well, read it from verse 1. The Bible says he feared. And I always like the emphasis of scripture because you see, some of us are more spiritual than the Bible. <laughs> we, are, we are more spiritual. So the, at times God puts certain things to make us know that we cannot be more spiritual than this. A whole God-fearing king, he feared. So that you can know that some things can make you fear. It's not a sin for something to make you fear. It is only a sin when you continue to fear. Anything can come and make you fear. That one is not a problem. Your heart can skip. This has happened. But as soon as that happens, what next is you remember the God who is almighty. You remember the one who is bigger than any problem. Hallelujah. You remember the mountain mover. You remember the valley shaker. Then you know that you have no reason to fear. Because that spirit of fear is not yours. You evoke the spirit of power 
of love and of a sound mind. Like Paul advised Timothy. So we almost understand. So he was afraid. And when he, he became afraid, the Bible says that he now called the people. But before he called the people, he started to pray to God. Because you see, these people, these people from Ammon, Moab, and this Mount Seir, were the people God asked them to leave for a reason. When they were to possess the land, they were few, and they didn't know war. They didn't know, for 400 years, they don't know anything about war. They were very lazy people. Even to eat manna in, if that was falling from the sky was a problem for them. <laughs> they were very lazy people, very laid-back people. They were only used to slave work. The moment they got free, they became a problem to themselves. So God wanted to take them through a training and help them to gradually occupy the land. So he said, I will not drive out all the Ammonites and the people from Moab at once. All the people, all the other people who are Canaanites, the Jebusites and all those ones, I will drive them away. But I will leave these people so that they can help you preserve the land so that wild animals will not come and, 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 and invade you and wipe you out. This was the reason. So he left them there and as they were expanding, it was good. The community was growing. The Ammonites did not have a problem. In fact, they were privileged that because they saw what God did to all the other tribes that were around them that time for the sake of these people. So they saw it as a privilege. Why am I going through this? You see, things can change. People around you can change. Things can change. The men who shouted, Hosanna to the king, who comes in the name of the Lord on Sunday, were the same people who used the same lips to say crucify him on Friday. You say, ah, it's true now. <laughs> Things can change. Believers do not understand this. And that is why at times we come through, we get shocks. You don't need to let human beings shock you. The only person that cannot change is God himself. Now, this does not mean we should not have integrity and just live anyhow and not want to maintain integrity. No. But it simply means that if you trust that man cannot change, you are wasting your time. Haven't you seen before people who went to a divorce court and they say, why do you want to divorce him? He say, I hate him, completely hate him, hate him. I don't want to see him in my life again. And it's the same woman who a year before, five years before, 20 years before, she said, this is the best man. <laughs> this is the best thing that ever happened to me in this life. So either the man has changed or the woman herself has changed. Somebody has changed. So people can't change. So these Ammonites and these Moabites changed. They felt these guys are increasing. You know, till today, Israel is a threat to the world. Do you know that? Every time you hear there's a scientific uh, breakthrough from Israel, the whole world looks, they, they, go, they go there, everybody goes to look because you don't know what next they can do. People who know their history know that God works with them. God works with them. The relationship between God and Israel, the land, I'm not talking about the children of God now. Israel, the land, is a covenant that until we get to heaven, we will understand. I was in Israel in 1998. I can't forget. I've been to many countries after that. But I remember almost every day of that trip, every day of my life, since 1998, such a long time ago now, over 23 years, 22 years ago now, but I can't forget it because it is one land I went. I went to every place that you can think of. Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, uh, uh, all these Mount Carmel, everywhere. Six weeks of my life that I can never forget and I'm forever grateful for. More so it was all free of charge. <laughs> so that made it much better. But the truth is this. It is truly a wonderland. 
When the Israelites started to expand in Canaan, the Ammonites and the Moabites felt, you know what? These guys, the way God works with them, one day they will overrun us. Let us overrun them quickly. It was the same thing that happened in Egypt. They started as a small family, Joseph's family, remember? Jacob and his sons, they came and they were enjoying in Egypt and things were going and the, the Pharaoh gave them the land of Goshen. They were not a threat to anybody until one Pharaoh came that did not know Joseph. Have you read that in your Bible? The Bible says then a time, a time came when a king, a Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph. And I want you to know that there are times somebody or things arise in your life that just want to disregard your history. They want to disregard the favors you have had before. They want to disregard who you have, who God has made you. You must identify these things and know how to keep engaging God. And so, the same way it was in Egypt when they felt threatened and the people were trying to uh, work against them. They, they, and they started to now inflict them with the, 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 the pains of Egypt as slaves just because they felt threatened by them. This was about to happen again. So they wanted to attack Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat looked at the size of his army. He looked at everything and he felt, these people will wipe us out in next to no time if we are to go physical with them. They wipe us out. And I'm starting to get this home now. Many battles that we are facing in life, we must understand that they will overwhelm us. The financial things that we have to challenge, they will overwhelm us. The raising of children, the having of families, they will overwhelm us. Managing of extended families, they will overwhelm us. The jobs we do, career progress and those things, they will overwhelm us if we don't rely on God. We must understand. Jehoshaphat went to God first and said, Lord, you are the one that gave us this land. You are the one that asked these people to be kept here. Now they are a people who want to attack us. What shall we do? And as he continues to pray, that is where we started in verse 14. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah. Please, 2 Chronicles 20, 14 now. It came upon them. And Benaniah, thank you. He said, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but who? God's. Do not be afraid. The battle is not yours. I say to you again today, do not be afraid. The battle is not yours. It is God's. Hallelujah. And verse 15. The Bible says, and he said, listen, all you of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. This thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Okay, I'm reading verse 15 now. Yeah, okay. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. Hallelujah. The first thing we must understand is that God wants us, when we are a people who live a lifestyle of praise, God wants us to live in the realm of supernatural victory always. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. I have overcome. Stop trying to fight spiritual battles with carnal means. Your anger, your malice, your vendetta, your bitterness is not going to change anything. Don't join the rat race. 
I know that there is politics everywhere. There is politics in the workplace. There are people, they scheme and give positions and they malign those who don't have those so-called connections. I know I've lived in work life for 30 years. It happens everywhere. No country spared. In fact, it's worse in some countries that you think it will not be because you think in certain places there is racism. I was born in northern Nigeria. I've told you this many times. Some of you are tired of hearing it, I'm sure, but I'm sorry, I have to keep saying it because that's where I was born. The day you hear I say I was born elsewhere, I say, ah, pastor. <laughs> it's no more northern Nigeria. <laughs> I was born in northern Nigeria where all the same color of skin. We are all supposedly speaking English as a common language even though we have local languages across the country. But I felt like a foreigner all my life in Kano. That's the truth. I felt like a foreigner. I still feel like a foreigner. I've not been there in, I don't know, 20-something years now. I still feel like a foreigner there in my own supposed country. So when we talk about disparities and racism and tribalism, these things are part and parcel of what we have to deal with. But in that same land where I felt as a foreigner, I worked, my parents worked all their work life. I worked there as well. I did things there as well. We bought cars there. We bought things there. We lived life there in that same place. Don't let anywhere around you or the situation of your work, don't say in this work, they don't promote people from certain, they don't promote people in, in certain genders or certain races or certain things. It's beyond the thing. Don't, don't entertain. Those are lies of the devil. Those are lies of the devil. Who was Joseph when he became prime minister? Was he an Egyptian? Ah, or was he, was he a, a walking Israelite? Was he not a prisoner? God picked somebody from the pit, the pit of pits, and took him to the highest of heights to tell us that with him, nothing shall be impossible. Just make sure that you are living a lifestyle that is praising this God. Then you will watch him give you supernatural victories always. I say he will give you supernatural victories always in the name of Jesus. Please go very quickly to verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, this is Jehoshaphat, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. He had praised by just talking to God. That's why I said it's not just about singing. If you read from verse 4 to verse 13, he was praising God, extolling his virtues. He was just simply doing that. And this is what you and I must do. We must learn how to be praising God consistently, continually in our lives. Because it is not only at the day of battle. Many believers do that. I've seen many drama. I like drama a lot. And I've seen a lot of drama inside drama. <laughs> they are doing drama, but what you are watching is they are doing drama inside the drama they are doing by, by doing something religious. So they say something is happening now. And then they say, oh, brethren, let us do praise warfare. And then they start to sing songs. And why all that looks good? But you see, you don't have to wait. When you wake up, start praising. Things are good. You are driving. Start praising. Don't put some music that is not singing. I don't know how believers enjoy some music. You put it on and it's telling you about hell, fire, hell. You mean hell, baby, hell. And you say, Yeah. <laughs> Because they say everything these days. And you too, you'll be singing along. You shut down that kind of music. Then you engage with God. You are not looking for anything. You are not going for an interview. You are just driving. Just praise him. Just praise him. Because when you praise like that, you keep giving avenue for supernatural victory to come. The Bible says, when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Verse 21 again. As they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy and just forever. Verse 22. 
And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. This is how God will send an ambushment against you, all your enemies. In the name of Jesus. I have seen where people who gang, I have been a person who has who has been suffering gang ups of different types from the time I was about 10 years old that I can recollect. But the one that always beats me very hard, I was about 14 years old, 13, 14 years old, and I was a house prefect in my secondary school, boarding house. I was probably the youngest, one of, definitely if not the youngest, I would definitely be one of the youngest prefects ever elected in that school. And uh, that, I didn't know, I was so young, I didn't know that attracted some envy from some of my colleagues. So they set me up. They set me up. Now, those days, we, we did corporal punishment. We all went through it. It was allowed in school. It's not like now. If you are a senior and you ask a junior student to do something, if they didn't did it, do it, sorry, they, you, you can give them some kind of punishment. You can, if you can, you can, you can beat them up, basically. And let me not use the <laughs> too long grammar. Just beat them up and get them to go and, to go and do it. So it was not, it was not illegal, per se. So they, 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 I didn't know, they set me up. I was on duty because the prefect is on duty every day. I was on duty and I asked some junior students to help with something in the dining hall. And these guys ganged up and they went and told the students not to do it. They were my classmates. Some of them may be hearing this now because we're all together online from time to time. And they went and ganged up and they told these guys not to do it. So I came. In the evening, I saw that it hadn't been done. So I called all those students and I gave them a good ministration. <laughs> Some good ministration. <laughs> I didn't know that it was all a setup. The vice principal was waiting and uh, some of the children, it was night. There was no, no this thing. I just heard about an hour later that the vice principal, vice principal is calling me. I said, for what? And then the vice, I didn't know that the vice principal had a thing for me. That's another story I will tell you some other day. But they, he, he played into their hands and he, they used him very well. He said, David Oloke. I said, yes, sir. He said, you beat some students. I said, sure. I said, they, they disobeyed me, sir. He said, well, the thing is not about the beating, that you wounded them. I said, wound? I said, how could I wound somebody? They had gone and put all kinds of marks on these students. And they were showing me. I stood there like a statue. Never seen such a thing. I was shocked. I knew I did not inflict those pains. I knew it was a setup right there and then. But I left the place. To cut the long story short, I was removed as a prefect. As a 13-year-old, that was very hard. That was very harsh. It was going to affect me. We were coming to the end of our finals to write our, we used to call it, uh, West African school certificate then. I wanted to say GCSE, but I didn't write GCSE. So I was going to, we were going to write that. It was going to affect me. But as God will have it, God began to walk right before my eyes. Then they gave one of those people, one of those boys, they gave him the position. Right before my eyes, I wouldn't, for the sake of this being on the internet, I wouldn't want to say what God did to now just unravel everything and all of them were scattered and then the truth came out 
before we finished. And then me that was treated that way, I was selected to represent the school for science quiz. And at the same time, the following year, I was the only person that got admission to two universities in the whole set. So God turned around there because he took away that prefect work from me. And part of my wanting to prove, because you are a young boy, you just want to show that God is on your side or whatever, I studied so hard and worked so hard. I was the only science student in the volleyball team. They were talking against me that I can't make anything. So I used all those things, worked so hard. Two admissions the following year, one to study engineering, the other one to study in the basic school in, in another university. But what am I trying to say here today? God showed me from there that even when people gang up, I'm still surviving gang ups. It hasn't ended. I'm still surviving many, 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 many of them. But the same thing God did that time, before I look, I will see God scattering again. Don't try to fight God's fight. That is why God said to them, you should not fight. What you should do is to praise the one who will fight for you. The devil will want to make you not praise that one and fight by yourself because he knows that he will crush if you are to fight by yourself. May God continue to deliver you from gang ups. In the name of Jesus. Verse 23, the Bible says, For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. These were three people coming together. Two first gang together against the third one. After they killed the third one and destroyed them, the two who were in the league now fought themselves and destroyed each other. Is that not God? Hallelujah. The Bible says, and when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. May your opposing forces continue to destroy one another in the name of Jesus. Remember the story of the lepers? God went ahead of them and made noise in this camp of the Syrians, and they thought that it was a mighty army that is coming. <laughs> this God, this God, you can't beat him. When we were to acquire this place, there was something funny that happened. After I told my wife, go to that building, God said to me, go see that building is available. And she, that was May 26th. May 27th was a workers' day. We didn't know bank holiday. Sorry, spring bank holiday. We didn't know. I just said, go and see the place. And she came here. She rang the first number, or the agent's number. They were not there because it's bank holiday, which was a big blessing because the agent would have stopped us. I tell you, the agent would have stopped us. We didn't have financial credit history. We didn't have anything that the agent would ask for. And he had people he wanted to bring in. And we coming directly ourselves to the landlord, we cut off his commission. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there would have been no way. So God made sure my wife came here on a bank holiday that the agent would not be there. Then she called the landlord's number that was also provided. And the man came here. They met here on Tuesday, the next day. And you know what God did? When my wife was now, he said, are you alone? He said, no, my husband asked me to come. He said, where's your husband? She said he has gone on a business trip to Dubai. <laughs> Which it is true. I went to represent my university in Dubai. Is that not a business trip? Eh? But when a businessman hears that you've gone to Dubai, you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> they always think, ah, that guy must be like this. The trip I went to, I didn't have 200 pounds in my pocket. <laughs> I had free hotel, free meals. I didn't have more than 200 pounds. But you see, hearing that, and she just said it casually, because that was exactly what it is. He said, where's your husband? He said, he went for a business trip in Dubai. He's coming back by the weekend, but he asked me to go. He said, oh, I would like to meet him. So he started to see me much more than me. 
That is how God will keep going ahead of you. That is how God will keep fighting for you in the name of Jesus. So when I came, the conversations were different. How was Dubai? I said, oh, very fine. Very, we went to Abu Dhabi. We went to this. And <laughs> he said, what do you do? Then I now told him that we trained some of the police officers. Out there. He said, wow. I said, yeah. <laughs> we trained them in project management. <laughs> so he changed the conversation. He did not doubt us. He saw us, us as a people of integrity. He felt that these were responsible people. He said to me, you are the kind of people I've been waiting for to give this building. Are you buying it now or do you want to lease? Hallelujah. God will announce you. This is what all this supernatural overflow is all about. Supernatural victory by divine intervention leading to supernatural overflow. Look at Jehoshaphat. Look at Jehoshaphat, verse 25. After not fighting, let's read verse 25 together very quickly. I'm about to round up now. When Jehoshaphat, let's read together now. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them what an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies that they did not kill, by the way. And precious jewelry, which they did what? Stripped off for who? For themselves. More than they could carry away. Somebody say supernatural overflow. More than they could carry away. And they were how many days? Three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. So much. But look at what they did on the fourth day. Verse 26. Verse 26, and this is what you must always do at the threshold of every supernatural overflow. You must always do this. Let's read together. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, they named that place, they, sorry, therefore the name of that place was called the valley of Barakah until this day. The Bible says they went back and blessed the Lord. Never stop praising him because the next victory is just around the corner. I said the next victory is just around the corner. Life is simpler when you learn to praise God. When you give God thanks, it's good. But you enter into deeper realms of his courts when you learn to praise. This is why you must study your word and know his names. This is why you must study your word and see what he has done in time past so that you can praise his works. This is why you must study your word regularly and know his character. This God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Know about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one, but there is a way when you know about them very well, you relate better. You should know when to praise God the Father. You should know when to welcome and adore the presence of the Holy Spirit. You should know when to keep God uh, exalted by praising Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, he said, my father will give it to you. Whatever you ask in my name, my heavenly father will give it to you. You must always understand this. That is why when you pray and you don't say in the name of Jesus, you have not finished the prayer. Don't do religious prayer because other people are there, don't like the name of Jesus. 
If you ask me to pray, I will say in Jesus. If you are not ready to hear in Jesus' name, let me not pray there. Just, I don't do religious prayer. And so, Lord God, we are here. Amen. <laughs> I don't do that kind of prayer. Because that kind of prayer is religious, political prayer. <laughs> I'm not there to, to please you. I'm there to please God. So, I will pray in Jesus' name. Even if that's the last time you will call me to come and pray. <laughs> Last year, last, late last year, remember the carol service I told you about in our, in our school, uh, that the choir did a video, remember? Yeah, and uh, we were, we, they, they asked me to share. The VC was there, the DVC, big, big people at the university. And I shared what Christmas is. And I said, now I pray for all of you. I prayed for the officers of the university, prayed for everybody, and I said, in Jesus' name, some of the people were shaking there because there were Muslims, there were everybody there. I said, you are the one that called me to pray. So I said, in Jesus' name, I don't think they will call me again, but it doesn't matter. One of them came to me. He was, I will not call his name, obviously, because I don't want to embarrass him. He came to me and said, David, that was very good, very, very good. I said, well, we thank God for that. He said, he was just thinking that because there were other faiths. I said, this is Christmas, my friend. We cannot <laughs> This is Christmas. This is not a political rally. This is Christmas. It's about Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Keep praising him. Keep praising him. Rise to your feet. Rise to your feet and let's thank him. Well,